Ladies and gentlemen, fam, welcome back to Real Talk with Caleb. And today we have a very special guest with us, Senior Master Sergeant Caleb Shouter. He's hanging out with us today. Yep, that's right. Real Talk with Caleb and Caleb. It's kind of cool, but whatever. Press through it. Uh, he's also the uh, Airman Leadership School Commandant out there at Ellsworth Air Force Base, South Dakota, home of the Raiders. Welcome to the show, Caleb. How are you doing today, man? Hey, good, Chief. I appreciate it. First of all, I want to say thanks for allowing me to join you today. And uh, see what this podcasting thing's all about. <laughs> hey, you just be yourself, brother. You just say what's on your mind. And uh, we let the audience determine what the podcast is about. So yeah. Speaking of audience, man, I tell you what, I was supposed to be in Afghanistan. Well, I kind of sort of am, but I traveled over to Launch School. I got a roommate. Um, I know for those in the, in the military, uh, E9s don't typically have a roommate. Welcome to the Army. It's awesome. Um, but anyway, what I, where I'm going with that is I'm sitting outside. You might hear a bird, a plane, a car, leaves blowing, whatever. Hey, this is the new studio, though. Uh, so, Caleb, I know you don't mind. Hopefully the audience doesn't mind. Uh, and, and like I said, man, I know you've got a lot of, uh, a lot of experience. You bring a lot to the team. Uh, you're doing tremendous work out there in, in Raider country and what you're doing there for the airmen. Uh, but but I'd like, every time I bring somebody on the show, man, if you've listened to any of them before, uh, you know where I'm going. If not, surprise. Uh, but what I like to say is you were born, uh, and then now here you are. Fill us in on that time gap with you if you want to add personal stuff in. Whatever you want to tell us, man, uh, tell the audience who, who Caleb is. Okay, roger that, Chief. So, all right, <laughs> where do I start with this one? This is It's a good question, great question, question actually, because, you know, when I look at um, – you know, who we are and understanding where we come from is pretty darn important to way, the way we operate and perceive life. And so uh, my story is pretty simple as far as that is concerned. You know, I, I did a lot of moving back and forth uh, up until about the age of six, lived in St. Louis, uh, uh, Odessa, Texas, and then finally settled down in uh, uh, Rochester, Minnesota uh, with my family. My, my dad's a, a Lutheran pastor. He has been for 36 years. And um, my mom is, she was a stay at home mom. However, uh, raising six kids is not, there's nothing to stay at home about it. Right. So she was right. very busy, very influential in, in our upbringing too. And so, and sometimes, you know, when I look at, uh, I measure faith, right. And if you can, what degree of faith, you know, my parents have it as, as far as being outwardly expressing it, you know, my dad, he'd get up and he would talk uh, for an hour with his sermon, you know, every Sunday or it'd be a Wednesday or Saturday services. And then, but my mom at home, man, she was the one that was just grinding about yeah. you know, making sure that her kids were, they understood like uh, where their faith comes from and why it's important to life and how it can influence you as you grow up and, and become men and women, you know? And so, uh, that's so that's, that's the parents, you know, I've mentioned, I got six kids uh, in the family, you know, three boys, three girls, I'm the second oldest. Um, and so, you know, I, it, there was a lot. I had two younger brothers that looked up to me and the younger sisters kind of followed, followed the oldest sister, which is um, which is good. Uh, but uh, from there, from Rochester, Minnesota, I actually I had the opportunity to meet my, my wife now, Hillary, uh, when we were in grade school together. Uh, and so we didn't know that we were destined right, to be married. But uh, <laughs> uh, it, it happened. Come on you now, know, you knew you, that's not the story you tell everybody with Hillary's friends. That's not what right. you, you said. I knew I was going to marry her. And so that's what's funny, right? So it was it, her mom knew that we were going to get married. So we were 
we're at church one day and this is fast forward like up, up into college right so we're i'm think i'm a sophomore in college and she's a freshman and we both come home for like christmas right and we're we're at church and we're sitting in the pews but there's an aisle that divides the two sides okay and so my dad's up there he's preaching and he says Hey, we're going to do a big prayer. Everybody meet in the middle, right? <laughs> and so what I didn't know was that, you know, Hillary was on the opposite, opposite side across the aisle. And her mom saw this coming and she took Hillary from her left side and moved her to the right, which meant that her and I would be holding hands oh. during the prayer, right? And so mom we, match me. Yeah, so mom had it all figured out, but so that's, that's the, you know, that's kind of that story, I guess. And, uh, we had, you know, that we had, we had said the prayer together and then, uh, we kind of went our separate ways without much thought to it. And then, uh, fast forward another year or two and we're, we're down in, uh, Winona, Minnesota. I'm visiting a buddy down there and, uh, just happened to run into her and we started talking and the next thing is we started dating and, and then, you know, uh, she followed she decided to give up like all of her aspirations temporarily, right. To join me in the military. And so, um, you know, we ended up getting married right after I proposed right after tech school and we got married when I, at my first duty station at Travis and, uh, yeah, we, you know, now we've got three boys or two boys, one on the way. Uh, I got a seven year old, four year old Luther and Murphy. Uh, you know, they're, <laughs> they're just, they're everything. <laughs> they are, they're everything to me in my life. Right. Just like, I know your, your family is to you. Um, yeah. So I, as far as that, you know, this, so that's where I, I guess that's where kind of where I come from Rochester, Minnesota. I've got my wife, you know, Hillary, she's just a blessing to me. And, uh, you know, the only one in my life, you know, you know, for, from now until the end. Right. And so, yeah. and I've got these three little, two little men. And like I said, I got another one on the way. She's Hillary's actually due here, uh, in the beginning of October. And so it's coming up quick Oh yeah, <laughs> and she's ready to it kind of, make this make this all happen make this pregnancy thing go away so <laughs> i tell you what i hats off to all the ladies out there all the moms out there having having children that are, have had children or will have children man i don't understand they got like a special uh threshold for pain man i, I tell you what we won't go into the we're not doctors <laughs> you we won't go into the full <laughs> uh, schematic of it if you will but i tell you what i've I, I watched my wife uh give birth to our four sons and i tell you what just like i said hats off to them mad respect and, and you're right they they, our spouses, uh, do a lot, uh, you know, to comp, uh, compensate for where, when we're gone and the military takes us away quite a bit, but man, I'm, I'm going to jump around on you a little bit. Uh, we talk about those two young men that you got there and, and the one on the way, but before the show kicked off, man, you were telling me some pretty cool stuff about, and I'm going to brag on you a little bit as a dad, but I'm going to use you to do it for yourself. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sneaky that way. I get <laughs> obvious at the same time, but yeah, tell me a little bit more about, uh, what the summers look like, man. We got, COVID's got us on lockdown and there's all kinds of stuff going around and, and going on in our nation. And how have you as a father and as a husband um, taking care of those young men and, and shown them, uh, you know, how to enjoy the things that are around them that we do have access to. And then, you know, you're raising them to be respect, respectable young men and, and great citizens. And I think the best way to kind of highlight that is just for you just to talk to us a little bit about like you were on the show before we came on the show about what you've been doing this summer, man, what, what's it look like uh, for the Shouter family? What have y'all been up to? So, yeah, I'm glad we had to, we had this conversation, you know, before uh, we got started here. And so, you know, I call it COVID crazy, you know, because we yeah. just don't, we don't really know where we're going with this thing quite yet, you know. Um, but, you know, that, and so there's so much that's just kind of out of our control, you know, as parents and, and it, it, 
people, right? As far yeah. as like what rules and what restrictions are we going to have to follow and whatever it would have you, you know? And so the one great thing about um, going through this, it's not even the one thing, but an opportunity that uh, was available, it's available to everybody here in South Dakota is that we've got this unbelievable, you know, state and national park system. And, and so Hillary and I, you know, we saw that our two boys, you know, they were not allowed not that we weren't allowing them, but, you know, rules uh, with the physical distancing and stuff was not allowing the yeah. kids in the neighborhood to come together and play, you know. And so it's just like, man, what in the heck are what can what can we do uh, to make sure our boys, you know, uh, feel like they continue to grow? You know, that is the most important yeah. thing is that they grow and they grow, grow to become good men and young, great young men like you, you know, alluded to. And so. Um, you know, we were uh, fortunate enough to find uh, a boat <laughs> that, yeah. and so we found a boat and, uh, and we had it, we already had a vehicle that could tow it, you know, and so we, we started to be intentional about, um, you know, creating adventures for our kids. And so we bought this boat and immediately just exponentially just grew the opportunities for adventure within this area, you know, and so uh, we've got, we've been out fishing and water tubing and swimming and going to different beaches, uh, you know, all summer long. And, and the kids, they've, they've grown in these adventures and what that's kind of sparked is an, a, diff, a deeper interest in going out and hiking some of these, excuse me, like the trail systems that are available here. And so, uh, you know, when you look at why we're doing it, you know, it's, it's, it's just that it's like, you know, we got uh, the opportunity to either be, we can either be stagnant, right, and and just kind of feel pity for ourselves in the environment that yeah. we're in, or else we can create our own futures in a way, right, and shape. Yeah, and so they, when I look at, uh, you know, I think we were responsible as dads, you know, as parents, when we've got either, you know, sons or daughters, it doesn't really matter, obviously. But when I look at what I want, you know, for my kids is to experience a life of adventure, and so. Um, they can see God's creation and they can learn to uh, respect it and enjoy it and know that um, it's not life isn't in front of a screen, right? It's, it's getting yeah. out and experiencing it. Uh, and so what a better place than Ellsworth Air Force Base, South Dakota, right outside the Black Hills than to do it, you know, and the summer's just been incredible. Right. So I hope that answers yeah. the question. I, I think yeah. it might have went in a different way a little bit pre-show, but uh, I mean, oh. Whatever. <laughs> no, you're absolutely on point, man. You're 100% on point. And what I heard, the, the biggest thing I took away from uh, from that, first off, uh, you and Hillary just rock as parents, you know, and making sure your kids, uh, your, your children, well, actually, I should say men, um, they're boys right now. I mean, you've had this conversation before where we're raising men, and they'll, they'll turn out to be the men that we're influencing them to be. And uh, so just thanks for being intentional, because that's the other thing that stood out to me is, and through your story there, uh, as you're sharing about your children, uh, is about being intentional. Y'all, y'all deliberately looking at, hey, how can we, how can we continue to pour love into these uh, young men and then show them, show them how to, uh, to be socially strong uh, and emotionally strong uh, when they have to distance from maybe their friends. So thanks for being intentional, man. And we'll come back to that uh, about intentionality uh, with you and, and the air force, but speaking of South Dakota, man, like, so again, the audience knows, at least the audience I've had in the past, maybe new audience members don't know. Uh, I, I'm a little bit dispersed from the home state right now. I mean, I'm from, I'm deployed from South Dakota there with you, but um Man, I was on. The, I was looking on the Facebook, the book of old faces, as I would call it. <laughs> and, faces, uh, yep. It was a hundred and three on one day, and now there's like record snow for this time of year. And some man, what is going on out Yo, there? That... <laughs> You're telling people to come to South Dakota. I'm seeing shock waves. Uh-huh. No, I, and I, I don't blame anybody for like uh, allowing that them to uh, you know 
take that off of their BOP, right? Or even like yeah. they have some type of negative thoughts going into it if they get orders to come <laughs> here, right? But I, I'll tell you what. So I, Chief, I came from I came from Guam, right? That was my prior duty station. It's just three years out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, uh, enjoying what tropical climates, you know, what that's all about, yeah. and crystal clear water, and just just that, just that you know that pristine beauty that's out there. And so uh, I was I got the orders to come to South Dakota, and there was a first sergeant there in the squadron, and he's like, look, he's like that is a diamond in the rough. If you enjoy the outdoors, if you enjoy adventure and, and creating that stuff for yourself and you know, being intentional again, right? Being intentional about, you know, understanding your um, uh, where you are and what kind of opportunities are available to you, right? You're going to love it. And me, right? I said, I, I think I told you uh, and the audience here that, uh, you know, growing up in Minnesota, that's a, that's a pretty outdoorsy place, but I kind of, I kind of grew, I grew up in Rochester and that's a town of 110,000 people home in the Mayo Clinic. And so it's pretty, it's busy and not California busy, but it's busy. Yeah. And so, but so even coming to South Dakota, you know, that, that was just, uh, that's even more, that was different than being in Minnesota too. Just, just with the, the sheer fact of the availability of public lands and the national park systems. And so, man, the weather, yeah, it, it is a little bipolar. <laughs> uh, and that's what you know even like for hillary that's like her her chief complaint because we even talked about like hey maybe we can retire in a place like this and just because of the sheer beauty of it and again just uh, the opportunities to get outside and explore um, yeah and uh <laughs> yeah you get some you get some cold weather on, on september 8th yeah <laughs> so, so real quick how'd that conversation go do you still have a skillet mark or anything or like how'd that conversation oh go? no <laughs> No, she's hey, she's the one that brings it up, to be honest with you. And again, she's from Minnesota, too. And so the winters, everybody, it was like, oh, man, the winters suck. Yeah, they are. They do. Right. But they're temporary. And, you know, and, you know, you can get out there and do stuff in the winter, too, especially if you got kids. <laughs> I'm building snow forts all winter long out in the front, you know, just building these huge igloos and tunnels and, and then going sledding and whatever else, ice fishing and stuff, too. Again, yeah. right. It's just you can layer up and be fine. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you for sharing, man. And the audience, he's definitely telling the truth. I see pictures on Facebook. I'm like, man, Caleb's been taking it to a whole new level now. And um, you know, I tell you, that I had my first wake up call, the first snow that we got there when I first got uh, uh, to South Dakota. I think it was like October last year. We got some snow. And I'm a Mississippi boy. You know my story and the mm -hmm. audience knows a little bit of my story. I'm from the South. I've been in tropical islands. I felt like I was in the Navy more than I was the Air Force uh, for the longest, just based on where I was stationed at near water every time. And so anyway, it snowed and there was a big drift and people from South Dakota think, is going to think this is hilarious or anywhere that gets, you know, real snow. And I see this big old snow pile out back on the, near the fence. And I'm like, you know, go out there and I'm going to throw myself in that with my dog. Like, that's going to be awesome. She'll love it. I hit that thing. That's probably where my back problem started now that I think <laughs> I stayed out. That joker was solid ice. So yeah, the, the winters can be brutal there, but people like you, man, um, and getting after it uh, and just keep everybody else motivated and show us uh, better ways to enjoy what everybody else might think is a cold blizzard, but uh, there, there's ways to have fun. So speaking of intentionality, man, going back to that, there's something you left out. And if you could just touch on it real quick before we jump into the heart of our conversation here, uh, why were you, why didn't you join the Air Force, man? I know we kind of just kind of breezed over that a little bit, but uh -huh. audience, because uh, as it get to the heart of what we're going to discuss here, I think it's important. Uh, what drew Caleb Schauder to the best Air Force in the world? Yeah, that's that's a that's a good question, Chief. I appreciate you bringing it, circling back to it. And so when I look at 
I, I tell this, I tell this a lot, actually, especially when I start to get comfortable with people. And, you know, if, if people are asking the question, I'm going to share it. And, and that kind of is going to tie into like why knowing your story is important and being intentional about understanding and reflecting about who you are and why you're there. Right. And so yeah. when I look at why I joined the Air Force, I had, I mean, it's cheap, straight up. It was a calling from the start. Um, yeah. <laughs> but my, me just being ignorant and not recognizing like, Hey, the signs, you, you know, and the messaging, um, or that call, uh, yeah. you know, that kind of created, um, I guess the reason, uh, to join our, the story, uh, per se. Right. And so when I yeah. look at, um, why I joined, uh, <laughs> I was in college and like a lot of our, like, like a lot of folks out here, right. A lot of airmen that I run into in our United States Air Force that, you know, they, 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 the military is not the first option. You know, sometimes yeah. it's, you know, the second or third, uh, maybe the last option. <laughs> and, yeah. and for, for me, I, I did like five years at college, switched, switched majors three times. And uh, I think I had one successful year uh, where <laughs> I could actually claim like, Hey, I, I am actually pretty smart. I, or I am uh, able to be here. I, I fit with these folks that these college students, you know, but yeah. Man, there was just other things that were happening where I just didn't know where where I wanted to go in life or who I wanted to be. And um, and so here I was kind of trying to create my future uh, outside of what the calling was. And, uh, you know, I had a brother. My, one of my younger brothers played uh, some collegiate ball down in uh, uh, at Concordia University in St. Paul. And one day, I'm, you know, I think I was, yeah, it was in my fifth year of college. Uh, with no degree, of course, and, uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> I just got to throw that one in there, right? And so I'm I'm on this, uh, so I decided I'm going to go watch him play football, okay, uh, on a Saturday, and I'm leaving Duluth, Minnesota. I went to school at the University of Minnesota Duluth, and I'm driving. I'm about 15, 20 minutes out of town, and all of a sudden, a snowstorm that just started hitting. I mean, it, it hit. You talk about South Dakota weather. This was lake effect snow for, off of Lake Superior, and it was Ooh. just. It was huge. And, and so we had six inches on the interstate uh, within like the, within like 15 minutes of driving. I'm like, yo, I got, you know, I got to turn around. <laughs> and so I, you know, so I, I'm not able to go to the, you know, the football game, but I turn around, I'm driving back. I'm, you know, and uh, no kidding. I mean, this is, this is where I, I kind of lose people, I think, but I'm driving, I'm by myself. And all of a sudden I hear, you know, just like you and me talking right now, but somebody's sitting right next to me and says, hey, Caleb, right, you need to drive your butt, you know, to that <laughs> Air Force recruiter office and go and go talk to the Air Force recruiter. Go talk to the Air Force recruiter. It was, I'm not kidding you, talking me to you right now, like you were, you're sitting next to me saying, hey, you need to go do this now. And I, I mean, so much, so much to the point where I was like, I looked to my right, I'm like, who's talking <laughs> <laughs> who's talking to me right now so yeah so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's like divine providence or whatever but you know like i, I mentioned having a calling you know a calling to service or calling to serve i mean yeah. as a kid i had you know military pictures and posters up in my room like the marines and you know whenever i saw there's times that you know i reflect back in in life even when i was a high school football player i think we we're in a break between two a day practices and me and some of my buddies or teammates went down the subway and we're getting a sandwich and these two marines walk in and man they they look so freaking sharp and proud yeah. to be in their uniform i was like yo i just looked at them i'm like that that is so freaking cool you know that's that, me that, that's me <laughs> yeah i was like i was like that, that that i mean that's okay that so that's one of the 
Um, that was one, <laughs> just one of the calls to serve, you know, where yeah. I, I should have followed right then and there, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that I was allowed to kind of create, you know, try to figure out my own path to get here. But yeah, so going back in the, you know, so I ended up going back to the store. I'm driving back to the, to Duluth. And, you know, I think I had been past the recruiter's office maybe a handful of times, but for some reason, I'm not really good with directions, but for some reason I zoned straight to that. I went straight there. And this is before you could Google map stuff. Right. And so yeah, I yeah. actually had to know the city and, yeah. uh, and like the Atlas so, days, like map, right? yeah. <laughs> the youngins won't know. Anything about it. They do not. <laughs> and so, yeah. So I, you know, by this time, by the time I get into town, there's like eight inches of snow in the parking lots. And, and, and that recruiter station was in like a little strip mall, right. Where you got multiple yeah. stores, uh, just side by side. And there's one car, well, actually one truck, you know, big old Dodge Ram sitting there in the parking lot. And yeah. And I'm like, so what's the chance that these guys are open? And at that point I was like, man, maybe I should just, you know, whatever. It's not them, you know, but something again, right. It's like, Hey, get out of the car and, and go and check. So I do. Yeah. Right. And so I go up to this, go up to the door and it's like one of those joint uh, recruiting stations. So you got all, all the sister services, all the branches, all yeah. in one, you know, and so it wasn't the Army, it wasn't the Marines, it wasn't the Navy, it wasn't Coast Guard recruiter, it was the Air Force recruiter, Tech Sergeant Yarko, right? Was, was Yarko, hang on just one second, I got to know, man, I think the audience is just yeah. edge to see, was he like on the floor, on his knees, praying, like, was he praying for a recruit? And that's, I don't know, like, I don't know. He <laughs> <laughs> could have been, but holy cow, I mean, it was unbelievable. I was like, okay, so that's really where, you know, it's so funny because I look at, you know, we, we're going to talk about, you know, who our influencers are sometime. You know, at some point, I think we're going to get to it. We'll see. Um, but yeah. when I look at who the influencers are, right? So Hillary, you know, my wife, she talks about, um, you know, whether or not we're on the right path in life. And sometimes, and she refers to them as God winks, okay? So whenever you, yeah. everything's going right <laughs> and going according to plan, you get a wink. And yeah. so here I am, you know, at this recruiter's office. It could have been the Army guy. I, I probably would have joined the Army right then and there, to be honest with you, because I was just, you know, in college, like I said, fifth year, no degree, which means yeah. I'm probably not going anywhere, right? If, if you can read between <laughs> the lines, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, so to have this guy there and ready just to talk to me, and it wasn't like he wasn't like just in your face, like this is what you got to do. It's like, and I went in there. And so let me tell you real quick, Chief, like I think a lot of people uh, get in there, uh, go see the recruiter and they say, hey, what can the Air Force do for me? Yeah. You know, but I go in there and I think the words that came out of my mouth were, what can I do for the Air Force? You know, and so yeah. I don't know what that really, I have a feeling, I, I, I think I understand what that means. Yeah. But my mindset from the start, uh, you know, with that first conversation was about serving. I knew I was there to serve, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it didn't really matter to me, um, I guess, at that point, you know, what uh, AFSC, I didn't know what the heck AFSC, AFSCs were, right? I didn't know crap about the Air Force or the military, except for what I saw in movies. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't, I don't have like a... You Air Force. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and he can feed up anybody. So, you, you know, Your I mean... Yeah, <laughs> I got the hand-to-hand combat from somewhere in the Air Force. I'm not sure where. I mean, <laughs> the guy's just, he's just a beast. So, yeah. but yeah, so I mean, at that point, that's where, you know, I, I chose, you know, made that decision finally, uh, where I came to grips with, I guess, what, uh, where I started to understand where my path in life was supposed to go. 
and yeah. you know and so I did the delayed enlistment program for a couple months where I got you know, a father-in-law. He helped me out and got me a job as a interior and exterior painter with one of his buddies for like five months yeah. um, while I was in the delayed enlistment program. And I got, Hey, so I'm just going to, I'm jumping a little bit because I don't want to just smoke the whole podcast on this one story. Right? <laughs> and, and so we but, could do multiple just, parts if need be. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I got, so, all right. So I mentioned the family, right? And so I, my brothers, yeah. they look up to me and I already talked about, you know, going down to, you know, see my brother play football that Saturday, but I had to get diverted. And that's when I, the story really started to kick off, you know, as far as why I joined the military. And, you know, then I look at um, my brother, Joel, uh, he is, he's eight years younger than me. And here I am, you know, obviously I'm, I'm not doing really well in college and I had made some other like pretty significant mistakes. And I tell you know, some of the young kids this, or some of the younger airmen that, yeah. man, if I had joined when I was 18 um, and then, so I had to start to make those life, life choices for myself on my own, yeah, you know, kind of for the first time, I probably wouldn't be in this military anymore, Chief. And that's just flat out. I mean, I did some dumb stuff. Hey, we've all done <laughs> some really, really dumb stuff. And, and so, I, I mean, I'm talking about burning relationships where you're just being dishonest with people yeah. and uh, where I had to learn some lessons the some the really hard way yeah. uh, and get knocked down really far uh, in order to start picking myself back up. And I thought that might sound a little cliche, but here I am, you know, the day before I fly out to San Antonio and my parents and Hillary and my brother Joel is with me. And, you know, we're sitting there the, in the hotel that night before we go and and he comes up to me and he's just this dude's just and, and i love this kid right and he started he's in there crying <laughs> so hopefully he never hears this podcast but he's in there crying <laughs> and it, but the dude looks at me and he goes be perfect that's all he said be perfect mm. and i and i look at that right yeah you know what that's a call of duty right that's a call to duty right there yeah. and it gives you a mission the mission statement gives me a vision for the future. And, you know, and so I, I don't know if I've ever had anybody say anything more influential in my life other than those two words coming from my little brother. Yeah. And you better yeah. believe I've turned those words back on him you know, <laughs> <laughs> in conversations. But yeah. I mean, holy crap. You know, I, I looked at that. And so here I am at the bottom. I'm making this huge leap of faith in this in, into into the unknown and just like all the other airmen that that surround us each and every day that are part of this mission you know what they've done you know we've all had to take that step yeah. and and i was i was scared i you know i was i, I didn't know what the heck i was going to get into and so i but what i needed was a clean slate you know i needed to start fresh and, and really understand who in the heck i was and what kind of man i was supposed to be become what kind of man i'm supposed to be become That's, yeah and so when he said be perfect i was just like yep you got it buddy <laughs> <laughs> no, you got it brother awesome. yeah and so yeah it, it, it was awesome sorry for cutting you off go ahead no no that's fine we're hey we're on the delayed phone you know what i mean like so it, it happens mm -hmm. but what i was gonna say is uh thanks for sharing and man uh your story is phenomenal just like uh and not to take anything from you and your experiences but every one of our airmen uh have phenomenal stories some people think mm -hmm. their story isn't phenomenal because maybe they haven't had the five-year degree plan that you had or yeah, uh, the background <laughs> that I grew up with or, or whatever the case may be. Right. But, you know, mm -hmm. I know you've got a lot of leadership experience. And I just want to say, by the way, I'm glad that uh, you weren't too enthralled with those young Marines you saw, because 
uh, we're sure glad to have you in the Air Force, man. I mean, you would have been a great service member no matter where you went because of your heart to serve. But again, I know you got a lot of leadership experience and I want the audience to know we kind of bamboozled them maybe a little bit because we're going to talk about know your story. And my goodness, we've gotten mm-hmm. a good step in uh, to your story, at least the beginning of your story. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today, and that's what we brought you on the show for. Um, man, I could talk to you for hours, and, and maybe this even turns into a multiple-part uh, series. Um, it depends on how long my phone battery lasts, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, but, but anyway, tell us, tell us what, you, what you want us to know about Know Your Story, what's that mean, and, uh, and wherever you want to take us from there. Uh, share whatever you want. I know we had some sub-points uh, in there, but you can just cover whatever you want. And uh, what do you say? Let's get this thing kicking. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good, Chief. Um, yeah. I'm, so I, hopefully it kind of goes in some, uh, some, I guess, uh, order that makes sense to everybody here. And so when I, when I look at, I, first of all, understanding your story, right. Is that there's only one person that can tell your story and that's you. And yep. I think we've got this right now, this pressure to match our stories to um, like a general audience, right. Or what yep. people expect us to say. Sure. Uh, how do we fit into that narrative? And, you know, and if we do that, um, if we don't take the time to be intentional about understanding and reflecting and understanding who in the heck we are and what our story is, um, we can fall, we're going to lose our, our individualism. Right? Yeah. And I think, and I don't think that's, I don't think that's the right, right way to go. And so, you know, and so my whole story, especially in the air force, and I think it's part of like, uh, becoming a, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of this whole effect where, you know, I want to be a really good airman. Uh, I want to be a really good leader. I want to be a, a really good dad. I want to be a really good husband. Yeah. You know, those things all matter to me. And so if I look at, you know, my whys, okay, so yeah. that's, that's that. Okay. Now how do I achieve that thing? And along the way, I'm, I'm building this story, these building blocks. And, um, and so I'm going to talk about one thing first, and that's kind of like my expectations when I joined the Air Force and these archetypes, right? And so uh, for anybody that doesn't know what an archetype is, it's, you know, essentially, you know, if you close your eyes and you imagine like me, for me, right? The first time I experienced it, you know, I was in this law enforcement class and, and it was like, hey, you have to close your eyes and imagine or picture like the, the a police officer, right? Or some type of law enforcement officer, a military person, right? And so what do you picture? What do you imagine? What are the characteristics, the attributes, the qualities? Um, and so you list them, right? So for me, it's like, you you, you got this big physical stature, you're, you're, you're fit, right? Your, your, your character is strong and more morally and ethically driven. And so yeah. what I was, what I was doing as a young airman is like, my, my archetype was that picture of perfection, you know? And so when I would look at leaders or people that were above me in the military, you know, greater or, um, yeah, you know, higher in rank, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, had, they had more stripes than me. Right. So, yeah. um, <laughs> but I would look at do. them, I would do the thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so I, I'm like, holy cow. So I'd be like, okay, so this, this dude over here is really smart. Right. But he can't pass a PT test. Yeah. Right. Or like this guy, he can kill it in PT test, but he didn't give a crap about his airmen, mm-hmm. you know? And so what I was doing mm-hmm. is like, I, I, I created this, this archetype of perfection in my mind. And that was kind of like uh, maybe the one flaw from what my brother said to me about being perfect yeah. that came from that is where my expectations for the people that were above me, since I was shooting for perfection, yeah. right? My own definition of perfection that I expected other, other people and especially the leaders to be doing it yeah. because 
Um, I really was always looking for somebody that I could follow. Um, but I kept getting let down because yeah. I would find uh, like one or two qualities that I liked, but then I would focus on the things that were, they just weren't meeting the cut, Yeah. you know? And, you know, and this, and so this is just me being like, I'm just being real with you. There, there was a, that was a, a big struggle for me for a long time where I was just unable to connect with people because I just, you know, I just expected more. Yeah. And what I didn't realize is that, you know, we are all, why, why, why do my standards and expectations have to influence, you know, why do I have to impose these on people? You know, and I wasn't really doing, I was just physically, I wasn't doing, it. I was just doing it mentally in my own head. Exactly. Right? And, and so when I looked at some of these folks, you know, that what I wasn't focusing on was their strengths, right? Their strength zones. What are they, what were they doing? That was a really positive influence to the fight or the team. And that's what I was missing. And so it was, it was part of a maturation process in the way I perceived perfection, right. Or who my influencers are that I had to really understand. Okay. So don't focus on this, the, the bad stuff, man, or else, you know, I'm just going to get myself, I'm just going to drive myself nuts. Yeah. And so, Go ahead. That's, that's a problem, man, is when we uh, and I thank you for being transparent, man. And we have to be uh, if we want to uh, consider ourselves any type of influencer. Right. We got to be transparent and, and real with folks. Right. So thanks for sharing that about, you know, when we hold uh, ourselves to this standard. Right. So we're in the Air Force. So we'll say it's not an Air Force standard. Me and you or people like us, we went ahead and created a, a Caleb standard or yeah. a fill in the blank standard and then we hold everybody else to the standard because we were able to do it so everybody should have to get a should be able to get 100 on their pt test or they're not leaders or i'm just using that as an example i'm not saying you ever thought that but whatever that level of perfection is and that's really good for our audience to hear man is be very very i want to just say this again first time but i know i said it in other areas but taking playing off your point is very very careful uh, as supervisors managers leaders whatever position or role you're filling is to not hold those subordinates whether those are, are your teammates or those airmen soldiers sailors marines what, whatever to this to the personal standard versus the service standard or the organizational standard um so yeah thanks for sharing that man so when you talk about um you know your different influencers um what what was like some of the biggest influencers maybe in your life that you haven't already talked about and and then through your uh, as you matured as an airman and as a leader, what were some of those influences? Yeah. So I'm glad you asked that, you know, that question there, because, you know, I've already talked about my brothers yeah. and, you know, I really, they, I said they looked up to me, but I also looked up to them too. So we had this like symbiotic effect on each other, right. Where yeah. um, we, we all needed each other to kind of motivate and inspire one another in order to continue to be, you know, become better men. Right. And so then I talked about, you know, Hillary and like her God winks and just the way she perceives life, you know, it's really, uh, it's different than the way I see it. And when we talk about, when I listen to what she has to say, she can logically just break down whatever uh, conflict or crisis that's going on in the world. It's, it's just, she just makes a lot of sense out of a lot of chaos. And so she's really influential, of course, but you know, when I go back to even like before I joined the military, it's like, I mentioned my dad being a pastor for like 36 years. And I remember I, I, it was probably between my fourth and fifth year of college. uh, And, you know, and my dad, he, he never really pushed me in a direction, you know, Um, he was kind of an advocate for, you know, I'm going to let you be a man and make your own decisions and understand that there's going to be consequences with decisions that you're going to make, you know? Mm -hmm. So he was able to put that, um, that responsibility on, on me. And, and, but sometimes he would do like these like subversive, like, uh, 
<laughs> nudges, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And so he shared this book with me once, and it was, uh, it's called Wild at Heart, and it's by an author named John Eldridge, okay? And so it was all about, you know, it's, it's funny because I've, I've talked about it a few times here, it's just to having that, you know, that adventure in life where, yeah. uh, but this book was all, and I don't know if you've ever read it. Have you read it yep. before? Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. So hopefully, <laughs> so you're probably going to be smarter out than me. It's been a while since I read it, but if I can just put it, it did leave an impact where you've got this, uh, you've got the comfort, you know, uh, of, of life and the way uh, everything that you've been doing, right? Your job, whether it's your job, with your family, where you get comfortable and you get stagnant. And so as, as men and as people, uh, women, right? We need to step out of that, those comfort zones and, and experience something new uh, in order to be challenged and in order to grow uh, as as people. Yeah. And and so that was kind of like the one of the premises uh, of, of the book. And so when my dad did that, um, and I've told him this, because I think it's important to tell your influencers who they are and how they've influenced you, <laughs> right? You know, and so uh, you know it, what that really did is it gave me the courage uh, to understand, to be okay with, you know, making that jump into the unknown uh, and joining the military. And so that's, so that's outside of the military. Okay. And so that's my dad, but of course he's been with me, you know, throughout the whole, you know, 13 years of uh, this military experience so far. And, um, you know, yeah. and then get, getting into the military, it's, um, there's, there's, there's a lot, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, as far as understanding who or what, but I've got a couple things that I could speak to on it. And when I look at, I talked about, okay, when we look at our stories, you know, I said, what do I want? I want to be a really good dad, you know? And, and so of course I've got my dad to look at and I, I see, you know, like you and I, we've talked and, you know, how you've kind of how, how you've helped shape your sons into becoming men, you yep. know, and congratulations on your son joining the Air Force, too. Right. <laughs> a defender. Right. So yeah. that's that's yeah. pretty that's pretty darn cool. That's, I know you got to be super proud of that. I and, of, I, and I was, I can't barely sit on the ground anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I might be there in another like 13 years because <laughs> my kids aren't old enough yet. But. Holy cow, I can imagine what that would feel like. And, yeah. and that's just really cool. But, you know, when I look at, you know, what certain people have said, sometimes, you know, when you look at your influencers, it's like, what have they said that is stuck? You know, it's yeah. not necessarily memorizing a quote or anything like that, but it's just kind of like an ideology or a perspective that uh, you connect with. And, yeah. you know, I had this really good opportunity, you know, it was recent, right, over at Ellsworth Air Force Base, you know, where uh, I got to work with a retired chief, and we, we, we got to talk a lot. And, and we talked, our conversations were about leadership, they're about the team, about team growth, like, what can we do to continue to move this, this flight forward, right? And that's what we're talking about almost daily. But, you know, we get on the personal side sometimes, too. And um, he would say he said this one thing, you know, that just really resonated with me. And, and I've, I've taken it on as, you know, a mantra, because sometimes, you know, people say things and they define it yeah. in a way that for some reason I'm thinking this, but I can't define. I can't come up with the definition. I can't put sure. it into words. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. but he's just like he was talking about his sons uh, and he was and he was saying how he's got two boys and he was just like, you know what? 
um, you know, with the way the world is now, right, where it's just such fast pace and you've got the access to media and we've got, you know, these these heroes um, or influential people in society, you know, whether they be athletes or movie stars or whoever, what you know, whatever the kids are connecting with. Um, you know, he said, like, at the dinner table, when the kids get look up across the table, he wanted no more than he, want, he absolutely, this is the mission, is to have your kids understand that their hero is standing there or sitting there right across the table from them. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And I was like. <laughs> a lot of people's lives, I'll be honest with you. You look at uh, a lot of uh, problems going on in, in the world, uh, not just our nation, but across the world, man. It, mm-hmm. It's the it's absence, and I'm not trying to turn this to uh, one conversation or another, but, man, as, as fathers, if you have the opportunity to be a father uh, or, or a mother, just say a parent, uh, but definitely uh, fathers is me and you are fathers, so we'll speak to fathers. But because, um, I mean, I, I know what I think the role of a mother is because I've seen my awesome wife and, and other awesome ladies like your wife, uh, you know, be an awesome mom. But uh, so my role, as you said before, as a father, man, is, is really help guide and, and shape or, or can create the condition or the environment for our sons and daughters to grow up into the men and women they will be. So, man, that is awesome. And I, do you think he'd mind us giving him a shout out or do we want to keep Yeah, I, No, I don't think he would. I was hoping you would. I, I mean, I, yeah, so it's a retired chief, Robert Cronin, right? Yeah, so that, that's the legend right there, man. The legend. <laughs> He's the original so, legend. I'll tell you what. I mean, I got such a short time with that, you know, with him, but – I mean, just like, like I said, it was just daily conversations that were just about anything, you know, but for some reason, we kind of always circled back to like leadership philosophy and, you know, where, you know, where we've, you know, both made mistakes and understanding why those mistakes happen, you know, how, you know, our words, they, they matter, yeah. you know, what we say matters and, and, you know, and like, yeah, but that, holy cow, when we start talking about family and he said, you know, he not, wanted nothing more than his sons to look across that table and say, hey, that's my hero right there. Not to be looking anywhere else for that hero uh, was pretty uh, important. So I even made a note. I was like, man, hero at the the hero is at the table, you know, that's for it. my kids. And so you wait your sons get older, man, and um, they start giving you some of that feedback. You just keep being the dad that you are. And, and I, I just want to say something else for the audience. Uh, leadership, uh, it, it, traver- it traverses all different walks of life, right? It's not just when we talk about leadership, I know you know this, Caleb, but just for the audience out there, leadership is, is er, across everything in our world, right? Well, it's a lack thereof. We have a lack of real leaders. That's why legendary leaders want to split up. But so leadership, and y'all circling back to that, man, that's awesome because it's it's about us uh, being influencers and inspiring, right? Whether that's our sons, daughters, airmen, soldiers, sailors, Marines, uh, businessmen, it doesn't matter, businesswomen. Uh, whatever it is, you know, I'm glad y'all circled back to that because it's about us becoming better humans. Because when we're looking mm-hmm. at through the lens of being a good follower or a good leader, because I think we're both at the same time all the time. Uh, it just depends on on who you're following and who you're leading, kind of thing. But no, that is, that is that's great great advice. And yeah, wait till your sons get older, man. They'll I, I tell you what, my sons during uh, Father's Day, I was in Afghanistan. Uh, and they sent me this mug. It was so it's so awesome. And they sent me a Yeti mug. It had little things engraved in it uh, that I say all the time, like. Uh, yo, get off your phone. Let's work out. <laughs> yeah. Hello, offspring. You know, things I tell you, yeah. I have to explain this because my son, my 15 year old, will walk in and be like, hello, father. And I'll be like, hello, offspring. Um, so anyway, <laughs> you have to be a house to get it. But uh, so anyway, my 18 year old or 19 year old, sorry, 
he let they made me a video because I do these podcasts and videos and things. So they were going to try to connect with me, you know, and, and they left me a video and it was about, I think, like 12 minutes long. I was like, man, I bet you Christian, my 15 year old, because he's a lot like me. I was like, he's going to run his mouth. This is going to be awesome to hear him. And it was awesome to hear him, hear him. But my oldest son was the longest and he never does things like that. Man, he gave me a litany of things that I had done as a father. Um, thankfully, they were they were good in his eyes. But man, it was <laughs> uh, because they're watching our every move. Leaders. Uh, out there in the field, no matter whether it's uh, the your teammates, your subordinates, uh, your your children, everybody are watching you. So, yeah, try to give you a little bit of break there, man, give you a chance to get some water while I run my mouth a little bit. But, yeah, so uh, you talked a lot about a lot of the different uh, categories or subcategories uh, that we were talking about before the show kicked off. And, and I'm not trying to run you short, man, at all. But I would like uh, for you to talk a little bit about mentoring and coaching. I know previous conversations you like – Hey, this ties into your story, mentoring and coaching. Uh, the language is shifting a little bit in the Air Force mm-hmm. specifically. Uh, and what, what what do you want the audience to know about that? Or what are your thoughts on that? And, and where are you trying to go with that about mentoring and coaching and the, and the language shift there? Yeah, okay. So that's so this is probably, I wouldn't say my least developed, but it's like I'm, I'm working on really trying to like iron it out and figure out the why behind the drive. And so I think I've got it and for the most part. And so if, if something sounds off, just let me know, chief. And, <laughs> and so when I, <laughs> so, story, when I <laughs> so I look at like mentoring, right. And so if you look by definition, you know, you hear, you know, you got, you got the mentee, the mentor, you got the Padawan that's going to learn from the master. And so it's yeah. like all about, you know, replacing the person in front of us, you know, and that, that might, really work well, you know, with a hierarchical structure, you know, but then you hear this language and we've been hearing it for quite a while is increasing, you know, lethality and agility and airmen or just across the board throughout the department of the defense of defense uh, and becoming, having more innovative airmen, creating a culture that encourages this stuff. Right. And it's like, you can't do that necessarily with mentors and mentees because I'm showing you the way. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm showing you the way. So it's going to be like, this is, Hey buddy, just, just so you know, like I've been doing this for 13 years and this is the best way to do it. So I'm going to teach you how to do it. And then yeah. you're going to show me that you know how to do it by, by following me with what I've showed you. Right. Yeah. Where's the innovation, you know? And so coaching, uh, you know, we want to be able to take organizations from point A to point B and we want to say, Hey, this is the goal that we got, right? Here's the vision for what we want. And you know, all your young folks, you Gen Y, Gen Z folks, what, what we want is we want you to stay, you know, here's your, here's kind of your, your guiding light, right? Here's the, here's the light that we want you to achieve. You know, we, we want you to be part of the solution and we want you to be part of the problem solving process. And we want you to get to that end goal, right? Yeah. I, I do care how you get there, but I want, I'm going to work with you to do that as a leader. Right. And so, Basically, I just, as a coach, we want to set that vision, accept those goals, and we want to encourage the, the, our followers, the people we get to work with every single day, uh, to have their their part, their influence in that that process. Yeah. And and so essentially, you know, you're you're kind of that's so that's that's the huge that's the biggest difference, you know. And so as we you know even like our global strikers, right? We want to be global strike. We were culture of the striker culture, you know. And there's that huge push right now to be you know again, you know, it all comes, 
straight from, you know, uh, the message from up top as far as, you know, creating these innovative cultures. And, you know, and so it's all about in, in, inclusivity, right? We've got to get our folks that, and you'll hear it all the time, like all oh, these next generation of airmen are so much smarter than we are, you know, <laughs> and, and, that, and that might be true. Uh, but they're also being shaped in a different way. You know, yeah. when we look at the, the way that we want them to be involved in the problem solving process and a part of, you know, our organizational goal, goals and achieving the mission. And we want them to feel uh, like they're part of the team and they want to feel like they're part of the team. Um, this is this is how they connect, you know. And so uh, I think that's why we're seeing a big shift from the mentor to the coach. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Caleb. I, I tell you, since I've been in the Air Force, I've heard the word mentor. There's an Air Force that used to be a manual. I think it's a handbook now, to be honest, and completely transparent. I don't know. I read the thing like twice, maybe. So who knows what it is now, if it's even been updated. But it seemed like it was like almost forced, you know, like, hey, I'm mm-hmm. going to be a mentor and everybody needs a mentor. And and I'll be the first to tell you, like, life mentors are great. And and I don't think you can assign those. I really don't believe that at all. I don't believe you assign mentors. It just has to happen. And I don't want to take the podcast. I'll talk another hour on about uh, mentorship. And I write about it in my book that's coming out in a little while. But, I, you know, you can't you can't uh, force mentorship on anybody. And we've been doing it wrong in the Air Force by, by claiming mentorship. And I tell people, I, you know, you've heard me tell your ALS students, man, I'm like, man, if I had a if I had everybody that's been mentored that was account, you know, that has been uh, accounted for on our performance reports, annual performance reports uh, for a non- <laughs> those epers, right? If yeah, everybody that's been mentored, my God, everybody in the Air Force has been mentored. Y'all are straight up ready to rock and roll, and mm-hmm. you know that's not true. And and I think too, it's a longevity, right? The mentor, mentee, like you said, the Padawan, if you will. Mm-hmm. That's that's a. I won't say lifelong, but it would be hopefully that it would be a lifelong journey, right? And we don't have that space in the Air Force to do that. I mean, we're moving around all the time. And I think coaching better fits. You coach masses. You don't mentor masses, right? You coach masses. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, yeah, man, I completely agree with you. And I think you said you're ironing out the, the why behind that, but I think you're all over it. I, that's a great way to, like you said earlier, to describe it. Put, you know, those thoughts and theories that people have and you're describing it with action. So, no, that's, that's spot on, man. So wrapping this up, so to speak, we'll, we'll talk another hour and a half as I say wrap it up. But <laughs> yeah. you talk about knowing your story and why that's important. If you, if you could, and like, I don't know, however many summary points you want to put on it, I won't give you a particular number, but. Uh, you know, just quickly summarizing uh, for the audience why, you know, your, your version of why your story is important and mm-hmm. uh, getting to know other airmen's story. Yeah. You know, yeah. Wrapping that up for us. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, we've got this, you know, again, it's like, I don't know if, they're the, if you want to call them buzzwords, right? But you hear it. It's like leaders need to be vulnerable, right? Leaders need to be authentic with their airmen in order to connect, you know, so we hear this a lot. Yeah. You know, and I think for the most part, you know, it's starting to, it's, it's resonating, you know, because, yeah. you know, believe it or not, you know, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a Gen Y guy, right? And, I, you know, I believe it. And so whether or not that matters to you, you know, I've always wanted to know the why. Yeah. I've always wanted to know it. And so, you know, that the older generation, they, they were probably, they were more okay, right? Uh, with adapting yeah. to that hierarchical structure where I'm just kind of like, I can, I can, I can punch holes in this system all over the place, <laughs> you know, where it's just not conducive to being as efficient. Like we claim to be efficient, right. And, yeah. and lethal, right. But we can be more efficient and more lethal if we do this, this, and this, you know? And so, um, but anyway, going back to like the buzzwords, um, being vulnerable, being authentic, copy that. Here yep. we go. 
here's my story, right? Yeah. And so, uh, but brief friend what, fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Here we go. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna start dumping, you know. And so, uh, but you know, it's all it's all measured, right? And it's all thought out. And uh, and I know why. You know, understanding who your influences are and why those 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 are certain points within your story that can resonate with other people. Uh, you know, because even when I talk about, you know, getting, sitting down with like Chief Cronin and having those conversations, and there's, there's many others, you know, and I feel bad if I miss somebody and I hope that nobody gets offended if I don't, if I don't <laughs> mention them by name, but man, those conversations with that man, you know, that retired chief, if I didn't take him home with me, you know, and, and think about him after the fact, you know, I don't, would I have remembered, you know, the idea of being at that there is a hero at the table or they there needs to be a hero at the table? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And so, uh, but so anyway, yeah, okay, here's my story. I'm going to connect with people. But I think what we miss a lot, you know, and, and I'm starting to see not necessarily a trend, but what I'm picking up on is that we've got this expectation that's being levied upon leaders, which is great, right? And leaders, you know, we've got to lead. There's no doubt about it. Um, but what are we, what are we, what are our, what are our expect, expectations for our airmen? You know, yeah. and are they are they developing their story and understanding why they're doing what they're doing and what their background is and how they got here? And then more importantly, are they being willing, are they willing to be vulnerable and connecting with their leaders at the yeah. same time? Especially with you know, you got somebody like you. And they call it intrusive leadership. We shouldn't have to be intrusive, yeah. right? Well, this should be these should be open conversations with our folks. You know, if I'm going to sit here, chief, and I'm going to say, hey. Here's my background. This is where I have really, really screwed up in life, you know, but this is how I've rebounded. And this is how I've grown from it, you know, and then make those those connection points with the airmen along the way. You know, should I expect, is it okay for me to expect my airmen to be vulnerable and open and authentic for me too? Yeah, you um, know, I, I think it is, man. And and they're going to watch our example, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're not everybody's going to open up and sometimes it takes longer, right? Um, so what you're describing there, man, and as you do that, and you mentioned uh, Chief Cronin, right? Uh, you mm-hmm. know, if, if you didn't take it home, but there's a reason you did. There's a reason that you trusted him. That's being key. That's the foundation, right? He was credible. Uh, he's inspiring you. So when we're those types of things for those that we're leading or we're entrusted to lead a uh, nation's sons and daughters for me and you, um, yeah, they're, they're going to they're gonna follow our suit, maybe not immediately, maybe not as comfortable with sharing every every little thing about their, their life. But, man, you're you're doing a lot of great things. And, and I know I've seen you in action, man. So just want to give you props for that. that. That You can't expect that. But we have to manage our expectations. And I know you know this, but for leaders in the field, don't expect mm-hmm. them to be, you know, a 17 or a 15 or 12 year or 19 or 20, whatever year, master sergeant, senior or chief that you are or staff or tech or whatever. Uh, and think they're those brand new A1Cs because my son, if you sat down with him, Caleb, and you're like, here's my life story. What's yours? So he's going to open up a little bit, but he'll yeah. leave you right off the job. Right? He'll <laughs> yeah. be like, he'll call me and be like, Dad, right. what am I supposed to do in this situation? Am I supposed to oh. share? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. I mean, you put that, I mean, you put, you put that perfectly. And, and, you know, the thing is, is, is what we have to also understand is like we've taken in this, this is journey, right? It's, it doesn't, uh, our, our leadership philosophies, right? So I think I get such a kick out of the, you know, the leadership, leadership philosophies, because, you know, as soon as you've, you've put it down on paper, it's not, it's not over, right? It's, 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 it's a journey that it just, it doesn't end because every day you have a conversation with somebody uh, or you see some, some level of stimulus is going to impact you in a way that, 
that shapes a little bit. It just tweaks that story just a little bit or that, that, that leadership philosophy uh, just enough, you know, to where it's growing every single day. <laughs> and so I think Chief Wright said it best. I think he was at the, like an AFA conference or something. He said he's been doing this business for 27 years. And, and he said and his leadership philosophy is still growing every day. And, and so to expect, you know, the airmen to have their stories ironed out and ready to go. No, yeah, I mean, that you're right. Um, that is not... Um, I don't want to, I don't want the end product, you know, yeah. but, uh, but I do want you working on it. And I yeah. do want you to understand, you know, how you are being influenced and who your influencers are. Uh, because if you don't, if you don't understand that, if you don't take the time to reflect and be intentional about that reflection, you know, it's not about necessarily like, you know, what keeps you up at night. It's what wakes you up and gives you the motivation to get going in the morning, you know? I, I like that. Yeah, and good. so, and so if you understand that part of it, you know, um, I think that's that that's understanding your story. And, you know, I think that's it has a huge part of that that uh, inspiration and that motivation. So. Absolutely. So what I just heard Caleb say, Caleb Shouter just said, don't you be just existing on the oxygen exchange program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good to a little bit. Hey, yeah. Bro, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, you know. Uh, I, I like to do these things. If you've ever listened to it before, I love going to the firing range and don't get, I mean, like I love it. Right. So, and mm-hmm. I love getting that M4 and the single shot that's meh, but you put it on burst, man. I love it. So I'm about to hit you with a three round burst, not a real one, right? Of course. Uh, but <laughs> I got some questions to ask you, man, as we wrap this up. So again, thanks for uh, sharing your heart uh, about knowing your story and what your story is and, and all the pieces you tied together for our airman man or anybody, honestly, that's out there listening uh, but I'd like to a little more on the personal side as we, we come down the, the, the last bit of this, bringing this bird onto this landing strip here. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you stay in harmony uh, with your family, the Air Force, and you? Like, I, I don't like the word balance. You can use balance if you want to. But for me, harmony speaks more to how we, how we actually try to get after it. But how do you do that? How do you harmonize family, Air Force, and not forgetting yourself? Yeah, I think you might be onto something there, and that's a good question. But you know, because everything I've read is about achieving that balance. Uh, you know, <laughs> so yep. even when it comes like uh, you know, if I'm taking classes for coaching, um, you know, it's about that work life uh, faith balance, and you know, <laughs> so the harmony sounds pretty good because I think there's you know with that there's a, there's a I guess you've got this in you know this I guess innate. Uh, movement towards a positive result when you're, when you're achieving harmony, right? Is that kind of where yep. you get out with that, Chief? Yeah, absolutely. And I can't even claim this, man. This is uh, Gina. Well, her real name is Regina Dawkins, Senior Master Sergeant Dawkins. Uh, uh, she's, she's out at Dias as a first sergeant. Me and her were together at Moody. Uh, she, uh, and she said, and a newcomer's man, I was like, fire. That, that's on fire right there because my whole <laughs> life I've been trying to balance this junk and it just won't balance out. So harmony, man, because, you know, it's one of those things where I can't give 50% of my time to the Air Force and 50% of my time to my family. But I try my best is where I was coming from on this is when they get Caleb, um, you know, if it's, it's 10% of that time, they get 100% of me in 10% of that time. So anyway, that's mm-hmm. where that's how she described it to me. And it just made perfect sense to me. So, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, I think that's great. Uh, that's a great message and a goal to work towards, you know. And so and I think that you actually, the way you explained it makes it, makes it sound really simple <laughs> you know, you, know? For my mind, man. Uh-huh. you know it's like um because when i look at so i've but i've always shot for balance you know and so and it's not a time it's not it's not a value of time that i'm looking for uh and so probably what you know if you again you know you're defining for like i guess my thoughts and putting those those thoughts into action and that is it is achieving harmony and so when i look about it look at it it's 
<laughs> all right. <laughs> if I'm going for balance, right? If I value, you know, the decorations or the EPRs or the work stuff more than I play, you know, if I choose to focus my time on those things, something else is falling off, right? And I, I'll go back to that comprehensive environment fitness stuff, right? The whole resiliency, uh, you know, the, the four pillars and or some say five, you know, but, you know, if, if I'm not taking care of like my social part or my physical part, my mental, my spiritual, my relationship, relational, if I'm not taking care of those things evenly or equally, or at least working towards making them stronger, you know, one can crumble. If one crumbles, then, you know, something else has to pick up the weight. Another one of those foundational pillars has to freaking take on that additional weight. And if, the, if that, and that becomes too much stress on that pillar and that column becomes, it comes down. And then, you know, it's just the whole system comes crashing down. If you're not, you know, taking care of yourself and your family and all just, you know, seeking harmony, right. With all yep. those, <laughs> with the way we go about with life. And so I, I mean, that's a, the way you, when you put harmonized in there, chief, you, you threw me for a loop. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> You're like the dirt boy using the word harmonize? Because <laughs> now I'm like, because I have a whole, the whole conversation, every time I have this conversation is about making sure that you, you balance this stuff out. You know, but if I look at the actual, the root, you know, the definition of balance is like, what are you balancing? Yeah. You know, what, what's the variable that you're trying to balance? And so, because time doesn't necessarily value if the, if the time isn't valuable time. Yep. And so, you know, when I look at, so I guess one way I kind of frame it in my mind, if I can answer it um, this way, is that, and I've heard it said multiple times, and it always comes up when people are getting ready to retire. You know, it's like <laughs> you look out in that audience. The truth comes out. Yeah. It, you, you know, when you look at that, look out in your audience when it comes to retirement, it's like, who do you want in that front row? Yeah. Uh, who's going to be in that front row? And what are they going to say about you? Yeah. You know, and so it's not, it, you know, so it's, I want my family in that front row. You know it. And so, and I want them to be like, you know, yeah, my dad, he served and he did some, he did some cool things, but man, when he was home, you know, I am, I stand on his shoulders, right? And I want Hillary to be like, yeah, he loved me, you know? Yeah, you know, I, she had to, he had to step, when I stepped away, she had to step up into my role as being a dad, <laughs> you know, yeah. as, a, as, a, as a mom and raising boys as a mom. And, and taking out all the bills and doing all those runs for sports and getting the kids ready, doing all the meals, all that stuff that, you know, I get to help with when I'm at home, you know, but I want yeah. her to know that she did it and she did it for a, a, a reason. And I didn't, you know, that I, I valued that, I guess that, that commitment on her end too, you know, yeah. what that, what that took those efforts, you know, to make this whole thing work. And so, uh, ultimately, so my balance might shift a little, <laughs> a little yeah. more towards the family side because when this thing is all said and done, chief, you know, I got, you know, I got another, hopefully another like forty years with my wife, you know, <laughs> at a minimum. And yeah. then I get as long as you my... listen to her, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then, but I get the, my kids that get to grow up, and I get to watch them grow and become men, and they get to stand on my shoulders, you know, and hopefully just elevate from there. You know, that's just that's really important to me, like we've talked about, and then. Um, you know, and then, you know, watch the grandkids hopefully someday too. And so that's, that's all like, you know, obviously like 10, 20 years down the road, grandkids <laughs> like 30, 40 years down the road, hopefully, but you know, you so. look, <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, that, so seeking that, um, 
how do you how do you do that? And, you know, and so one thing I think a lot of folks neglect because we can get really really busy as leaders. Um, there are people in 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 leadership positions where everybody's in a leadership position in some way, shape, or form. You know, but I guess when you get into more of the uh, having to deal with the admin side of the house, you know, there's different. You have you have additional weight. You know that you've got to take care of. And yeah. and so how do you how do you take care of yourself is really important. So. You know, I, I had a, a really good friend, you know, uh, the last couple of years, she being here at Ellsworth and he's a, now a chief, uh, Jamie Erickson. So I'll just give him the shout out right now so that you don't have to <laughs> remind me to here at the end. But I mean, holy cow, this guy was, you know, so gracious with his time and sharing what his outdoor experience was, you know, here in South Dakota, where he, he took me hunting with him and fishing with him and kind of got me kind of re- uh, finding that passion for me uh, and taking care of myself mentally, you know, and what that looks like is, you know, sometimes I, I don't know if you've ever done it cheap, but you get out here uh, and you get out in the open prairie out here in South Dakota and you're sitting on one of these huge, these high, high ridges or peaks and the sun is coming up and it just, and life starts happening Yeah. in the morning. And it's, it's, it, just, it is literally in concert with that sun coming up. The birds are chirping that, you know, the, the bugs are going, you know, but the deer are coming out, you know, you see everything that's just, just happening. And yeah. It's something that, you know, you can kind of frame that, you know, the, the way I look at it is, first of all, it's, 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 it's absolute uh, majesty, right? Um, when I look at being out there and it just kind of allows me to centralize or allows me to bring kind of give that that refresh because you take a deep breath right away and you breathe in that fresh air and it's just like holy cow this is this is so much greater than myself and then the fact that i get to um experience it because i'm here now because why am i here it's because i made that choice that leap of faith and that you know because of maybe because my dad gave me that book you know maybe it's because i saw those marines back in the day you know at subway maybe it's because i was a calling off you know from the beginning you know but once yeah. i took that leap of faith now i get to be here and i get to experience these different things and and this is where we could talk more and more you know but my experiences at travis the experiences in guam to all the deployments you know and uh you know just having those opportunities to really grow as a person and being in touch with you know who i am as again as a as a as a husband a father an airman a leader you know um all those different roles that we play um understanding those, how we, you know, how we are perceived and um, how we influence people is really important. And so sometimes as, you know, I think all of us have to be able to find those, those places, you know, where we can just kind of take that deep breath of fresh air and just be out there to think. And so sometimes, you know, Jamie, my buddy, you know, Jamie and I would go out there, Chief Erickson, we'd go out there and be hunting, you know, and he'd be sitting there glassing for deer and whatever. And I'd just be sitting there just, you know, I put the binos down and I would just be thinking, you know, about how blessed I was to have this opportunity and how grateful I was to have a friend like that. You know, somebody that uh, was willing to share that experience with me and just kind of bring me along because man, I didn't know crap about this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if I answered your question at all, Yeah, but no, you did. Cause I, I guess that army stuff jacked me up. <laughs> yeah. You actually covered quite a bit more. I think we went back and hashed out some of the story and the, mis the sub points. I think we got everything covered. Um, <laughs> so it's like remedial action. We'll skip yeah. question number two because you already actually covered it with your dad, you know, giving you a book and whatnot. But number three, yeah. and, mm -hmm. and I'll be honest, my battery is at low power, so I'm about to lose okay. you. So 
<laughs> but we'll hit it. Uh, number three, and I think you've, mm. you've, you've talked about this, but maybe in a, uh, I guess maybe a concise way, what do you want or hope your legacy will be, Caleb? Uh, when you're, you're sitting back at the end of the day, uh, you know, we're living in that dash right now, that born date on our tombstone and that dash in the day. Mm-hmm. But when you're sitting back, if you could, right, as that dash comes to a close, what do you hope that your legacy will be, man? Yeah, it's, I want to be, you know, uh, elevate, right? I think that is the best best way to put it. And I start with my family first, you know, where I elevate. Uh, I've said it a few times, you know, where I, I really am focused on my family and their growth and their ability to become, especially my sons, to become men, you know, and they stand on my shoulders. I can elevate them, right? Yeah. Elevating people, you know, within the Air Force, the airmen having this position. Being, I'm so thankful to have the, the position as the commandant here at uh, Airman Leadership School because, man, I just, I've always been looking for those, that, those additional touch points with airmen uh, across the board. And, you know, not, not only just to know if, whether or not I can be, uh, you know, effective leader for all these folks from different organizations, uh, you know, but just to, just to be a different, just to be a different kind of influencer. Right. And so when I look at it, I've got, you know, I want to be a builder, right. When it comes down to it, and that's why CEO is so perfect because I just want to build things. And, you know, I went from the physical building of structures to now building, I want to build teams and I want to build organizations and build people. Right. And so if I, if I got, you know, just one more second, how much, yeah. how much battery time you got left? I, I got enough, man. If it just cuts off, okay. Enough, the end of the show. <laughs> okay. All right. So, okay. So, one more influencer, right? And I want to talk about this. And it's just it's the command chief, former command chief at in Guam, the 36th wing. Um, his name was uh, Chief McMillan. I forget his first name just because uh, I call him Chief, right? But Chief yes. Mac is what everybody called him. And he would he would start all of his commander's calls with this with this poem. And this poem doesn't necessarily have an author. I've never been able to find it. Uh, but I just want to share it real quick because yeah. it really kind of brings everything together for me and the way I think about stuff. Right. And so uh, I'm just going to share it with you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's called builders and wreckers. Okay. And so here we go. As I watched them tear a building down, a gang of men in a busy town with a ho he ho ho heave ho and a lusty yell, they swung a beam and the side wall wall fell. I asked the foreman, are these men skilled and the men you'd hire if you wanted to build? He gave a laugh and said, no, indeed, just common labor is all I need. I can easily wreck in a day or two what builders have taken years to do, to, to do. And I thought to myself, as I went my way, which of these roles have I tried to play? Am I a builder who works with care, measuring life by rule and, and square? Am I shaping my work to a well-made plan, patiently doing the best I can? Or am I a wrecker who walks the town, content with the labor of tearing down? So... When I look yeah. at that, when I look at that chief, I'm like, yo, I, I mean, what do I want to be? <laughs> I'm standing at attention right now. <laughs> of course I want to be that builder, you know? And so when I look at like my whole journey, it's all been, it's, it's first of all, I got to build my, I have to build myself. And I think we've got, we share a common, you know, uh, pastor, right? Yeah. <laughs> they said better me is a better we, right? And that was yeah. something that resonates too. And I know you've talked about with the ALS students too. And, um, that's pretty important, you know, because I need to build myself, understand who I am. And, and so in order for me to be a better builder or help people build their own lives. And that goes back to the coaching too, is like, how do I take not just the organization or the team, but the individual from where they are now to where they want to be in life. You know, that's, that's awesome, man. Thanks uh, so much for, for sharing with us. And you're right there. There might be, 
buzzwords about being vulnerable and authentic, but man, you, you bring them to life. So there might be a buzzword for some people and that's a, a checkbox uh, for them and their leadership imaginary world, you know, those fake, those fake leaders out there. But, uh, but for you, man, you bring it to life. And, and I just want to say uh, publicly, I, I appreciate what you're doing. Uh, not only as, as an airman, I definitely appreciate that, but as a, as a husband, as a father, um, you know, I don't know, Hillary might tell us something different. No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> but on the, on the serious man, I, I do. I want to lift you up, and because uh, we don't do enough of that, that's not the reason I'm doing it. But just to make a point, we we don't do enough of that. We spend too much time in our society, and and even in the Air Force, man, we're we can't give people praise. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, oh well, kind of like goes back to your point earlier about being perfectionist. Like, well, it's you kind of made some of my standards. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like. So, yeah. Publicly uh, praise you and lift you up, man. Just keep doing what you're doing. And, and the things you hit about on what you want your legacy to be, mm-hmm. you're, you're already doing that, man. And, and leaving this world with better people because of your your existence on this earth and the things you did, being a builder, like you said, 100% already already there. So if your dash were to end today, we don't want that to happen. But if it were to end today, uh, mission accomplished, right? So, so Charlie Mike out there, continue the mission, brother. Uh, we definitely appreciate having you on. Hang on the show uh, uh, after after I kick the rest of us off because uh, I just to wrap it up real quick with you on a personal level. But thanks so much, audience. Y'all know the deal. Until we talk again, y'all.